Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, this is it. Championship week. We're talking wide receivers. We're talking tight ends. This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. Uh, guys, uh, this is a little bit of a bittersweet moment. This is the last preview we're going to be doing, like full in-depth fantasy preview. We'll be doing some more of these, obviously, because we have the playoffs coming up and, and all that, like the actual NFL playoffs. And, and we'll get to more of that a little bit later. But a uh, little bittersweet here, okay? Our podcast is going to continue to go throughout the offseason. But, you know, you know, whatever. We have some championships yeah. to win, though. So we're here. Um, Zach, you know, we have uh, a bunch of news coming in. Like, there's a lot of players not practicing. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff to pay attention to. Friday practice reports, Saturday practice reports. Well, actually, there's no Saturday practice reports because there's no Monday night football games. But just pay attention to guys potentially being ruled out. You know, that sort of thing. If, if There's going to be a lot of questionable tags, it seems like, this week. So a lot of stuff to keep an yeah. eye on. Okay. Um, but let, let's of talk course. about Thursday night game real quick, man. Browns Jets, right? The weirdest like, game I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I don't know if you felt that way to you, but the weirdest game I've ever seen. <laughs> like, of course, the last they would end Thursday the, end Thursday night football with that. Of course, and it's the last Thursday night football game of the right. season. Yeah, what a night just, for Joe Flacco, right? <laughs> it's very annoying because. Joe Flacco, he scored, I think, like 99% of his points in the first half. And then in the second <laughs> half, like it was an offensive clinic in the first half. And then the second half, they did literally nothing. Like, I don't think anybody had their point totals go up besides maybe Brees Hall catching a few passes. But that negative game script that they were playing in the Jets, it didn't help Garrett Wilson at all. That that burned me a little bit. That irked me just a little bit because I had Garrett Wilson. He had a quiet night. Uh, that ticked me off. But Brees Hall was able to get it done. So, like, you know, all is well in fantasy land with Brees Hall because we were worried about him coming into this matchup and he played pretty well but then also like jerome ford <laughs> i had it i mean it was a hail mary desperation start in that one league we have with all the upper hand guys and i had jerome ford and he comes through with two touchdowns like i wasn't Insane. expecting that at all he could have had three if kareem hunt didn't go and vulture that one at the end zone at that goal line either uh, it ticked me off but it was just a ridiculous night like what is going on with joe flacco <laughs> he's he is he's got to be like is he is he the QB one over the past four weeks? Like I feel like he's got to be pretty darn close. He might be QB two or three. I'm not sure. But like the way that he's been playing, he's had 300 yards in every single game, at least two touchdowns in all these games. He's thrown interceptions somewhat. But like last night, it's just it's freaking hilarious to watch because he's the best Browns quarterback that we've seen this season. He came off the couch a month ago to play for him. He's the best Browns quarterback we've seen in years. <laughs> 300 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Um, didn't do a whole lot in the second half, like you mentioned, because he was sleepy. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, David Njoku uh, made up for Amari Cooper's absence. More than 100 receiving yards in that first half. Jerome Ford, like he you mentioned. Off. That was like randomly. the story of the night. Yeah. Well, you know what? We see that a lot. 
we do see that a lot, you know, like when, you know, teams kind of do their thing in the first half, a lot of scoring. I've, you know, whenever I see my player just absolutely kill it in the first half, I I assume that it's going to really cool off in the second half because we see it all the time, man. We're like, all right, well, we got a first, we got a whole half to go here, you know? And like yeah. my player already, you know, he got one game's worth of fantasy points done and more in the first half. And it's just like, all right, well, you know what? Let's not get our hopes up too high because right. usually it doesn't work out. Now, it did work out with Amari Cooper last week. Right, Amari mm-hmm. Cooper. You know, he ended up, you know, with a great first half, but then ended up with like another hundred yards in the second half, uh, which is That's absolutely ridiculous. amazing. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, funny, man, it, it's yeah. Go ahead. The funny thing with David Njoku is he did that before, also a couple weeks ago. I remember we made that post. It was like it's halftime. He had twenty some. I think it was like twenty five fantasy points. He ended the day with twenty seven, and it's like yeah, really disappointing when that happens. And the same thing happened last week. Just this past weekend with C.D. Lamb, he had 20 points in the first two drives, and then he sh- completely shut down. He had two more catches the rest of the way. It's just like, it's just like correction, I guess, by the fantasy guys. They're like, oh wait, that was way too many points. So it's like, hold on, need <laughs> to slow this down just a second. But it, it was just a pain for me because I was like, yo, it wasn't like the Browns were up 34 to three. You know, like 34 to 17. I feel like that's a close enough game. You know, it's competitive enough game script where they could have kept playing if they wanted to, kept their foot on the gas, but they really didn't have any reason to. They were going to beat the Jets. I think that was the expectation. Brees Hall ended up getting it done, like you mentioned. Um, nine, another nine catches. Trevor Simeon really, really, you know, throwing it to Brees Hall, targeting Brees Hall like crazy over the last two weeks. Um, and then on top of that, 84, 84 yards and 13 carries really didn't see this game coming. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff in this game didn't see coming at all. Joe Flacco throwing three touchdowns against the Jets in the first half. Um, unbelievable. Uh, Elijah Elijah Moore ended up getting his revenge game touchdown. Um and you know, he 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 left the game with like a pretty on a pretty under pretty bad circumstances. He was you know, he yeah. had a concussion and then he was on the ground kind of like having involuntary movements, so that wasn't good to see. Hopefully he'll be okay. Um but yeah, man, like you know, it's really cool seeing Brees Hall though overcoming you know, tough situations, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this offense is not good, and he's still overcoming it. Um, and, and you know, these these some of these games are a little random, but it's amazing to see. Like this dude, like he has to be a top five fantasy pick next year, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy, hopefully. And, yeah, you know, there's no way he doesn't Rogers. fall outside the top five. No, you can't. Like if he's putting up forty point games in this type of game script, like you had, and he's had these boom games before. You know, from weeks five to eight, you know, there's three games where he had twenty points each, and all of those. But recently, he's been getting the target share. Do I like if Aaron Rodgers plays? I doubt we're going to see as much of the checkdown type game. You know, for uh, Brees Hall, you know, he's pretty much living and dying by the receptions right now. But we've seen the efficiency has been there. It's just you're on a shit offense. There's not much you can do about it. So, yeah, you're definitely upgrading him. He's going to be a top five pick, assuming he's healthy. Like, he isn't showing any ill effects from the injury that he had last season. You know, like, sometimes it takes guys a little bit of time to come back from that. He's not showing it at all. He's just as explosive as he was when he originally yeah. came into the and, NFL. And imagine like, that's imagine huge. a year removed from the ACL, right? It's going to be yeah. crazy. It's only going to get and- better. He still has Hackett. Remember Hackett, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers, and how good a receiver Aaron Jones was in that system with Aaron Rodgers. Brees Hall's a better receiver. So, you know, things are going to be really good for Brees Hall next year. Um, uh, Hopefully, you had some of these guys in your lineup last week. I mean, last night for your championship. All right. 
Um, all right, let's hit some news. Another week of Kenneth Walker not practicing for two days straight. Uh, didn't matter last week. I, I'd assume it doesn't matter this week. We talked about him at length on yesterday's quarterback and running back show. Well, well, two days ago. Um, spoiler alert, we do like him this week. Okay. Yes. Um, Josh <laughs> Jacobs still not practicing as of Thursday with that quad injury. So keep Zamir White on deck because this is a great matchup against Indy. Debo had a down week this past week and has been limited on the injury report with a neck injury. I have him as a solid wide receiver one play this week, assuming he suits up uh, for a couple of reasons, you know, and, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when he went up against Arizona, you know, he thrives against too high safety coverage, number two in yards per route run behind Tyreek Hill against too high and the commanders run too high at the fourth highest rate in the league. Uh, and then Brian, Brandon, Ayuk, you know, he's obviously a great play as well against Washington because they're allowing the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Uh, but I'm just saying that, you know, schematically, you know, both these guys, you know, have an advantage as well, especially Debo. Okay. Yeah, 100%. It's very possible Cortland Sutton is out this week with the concussion. Uh, he missed two days of practice with the quarterback change. I'm not necessarily downgrading him a ton because of that. Um, you know, but we really don't know what the target distribution will look like without Russell Wilson. Uh, he's definitely still startable, I think, against the Chargers if he ends up going. But just just be prepared for a little bit of a wider range of outcome for Cortland Sutton. Right. Uh, let's see. Keenan Allen still isn't practicing. Uh, I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he's that interested yeah. in playing right now. Uh, Josh <laughs> Palmer is, is a flex play at best uh, right now. Isn't uh, he said, also like yeah. in the concussion protocol or something? I saw something about that. That they're both. Ooh, Josh like Palmer. Committed. I think. Yeah, I think Josh. I think Josh Palmer missed practice, didn't he? Is he? I'm pretty sure he question. did. I'm not sure. I think he missed practice Second on Thursday. Second straight missed practice. Oh, he did. You're right. He's a, yeah, he has so a concussion is, too? I completely yeah, missed everyone's that. concussed. Everyone's concussed. But like, that's what's that. crazy. Like, why would Keenan Allen come back? <laughs> like, at this point, like, we talked so, about it, I think, when he originally went down. It's like, there's not much to really play for at this point. You kind of want to self-preserve here, I, I think. So I don't should blame we be Keenan moving, Allen. Should we move Austin Eckler up a little bit? Because he's going to get more think? targets potentially. Or is it the Quentin Johnson? Is it the Quentin Johnson show in LA? I don't think. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. he just um, yeah, no. Okay, that's good. That's good yeah, to know. Like, I, I completely missed that. So I think I might move Eckler up a spot or two. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so by what, the way, that moves him to the RB twenty on the week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I have him, uh, all these rankings at upperhandfantasy.com. My rankings, Zach's rankings, Tyler ranking, Tyler's rankings, and then also consensus. So it kind of combines all the rankings into one. Uh, let's see. Isaiah Pacheco still isn't practicing. He's still in the concussion protocol. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire missed Thursday's practice with an illness. He'd have to get better, obviously, but it looks like it's going to be the CEH show this week in a good matchup against the Bengals. CJ Stroud cleared the concussion protocol yesterday. He had a full practice. Fire him up. And your Texans wide receivers. We talked about that situation on the last show. Uh, don't expect to have Jalen Waddle this week. Adam Schefter is reporting that he is not expected to play, so you'll be in your championship game without him. More targets for Tyreek Hill. Uh, no, I don't think I would be trusting any other Dolphins receiver. Um, this could mean more usage for Devon Achan, um, you know, just because he's like the next weapon up, right? Like, you yeah. know, I, the way I look at this offense is like weapons. Right. It's like there's no positions. Yeah. yeah it's like I they agree. just prioritize weapons. Right. It's like Tyree kills a weapon. Raheem Mostert's a weapon. Devon A. Chan's a weapon. Jalen Wall's a weapon. So, like, next weapon up, you know, for Mike yeah. McDaniel. Um, so I could see Devon A. Chan being used a little bit more, kind of game planning a little bit more around him and his skill set. Right. Can you see that happening a little bit? I, I think so. 
you know, like you mentioned, that's kind of the way that I view it. You know, I was, I'm pretty much in agreement there with Devon Achan. Yeah. I think it's a little speculative. I don't want to just say like, okay, that's going to be the next guy up sure. who's going to get the touches. But it's also a tough matchup. You know, you're talking about the Ravens defense here. They just shut down the 49ers outside of Christian McCaffrey. So I'm definitely tempering tempering expectations for everybody besides Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is pretty much matchup proof. He's going to have his way with anybody, you know, on defense. So I'm, I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill. But you look at the guys like Jalen Waddle. I'm not sure I would have been too psyched to start him. I don't know how high up he would have been in my rankings anyway. You know, so the fact that he's out, it's going to make it easier to rank Tyreek Hill. But I think if there's one person that's going to do it, I don't think it's going to be Cedric Wilson. You know, Cedric Wilson got, he had an uptick in snaps because Jalen Waddle was in and out of the lineup pretty much all day um, against the Cowboys. But I don't think Cedric Wilson is a guy that you're going to pick up and say, okay, well, he's just going to be the one-for-one replacement. He's going to be able to take over that role that Jalen Waddle was playing. That's not going to be the case. So I think I think you're right. Like if you're going to get the ball to somebody in the offense, like Devon Achan, he shows he showed that he's capable of catching the ball. You know, so was Raheem Mostert. But I think Devon Achan, that's kind of where he's been phased out a little bit these past couple of weeks. He hasn't had that upside. He could get that back this week, especially if you know the uh, Ravens are able to key in on Tyreek Hill. Maybe they'll be able to triple cover him, <laughs> and then they'll open things up for Devon Achan. So I, I think that's a, a solid call there. But you know, I, I'm not getting my hopes up with it either. Yeah, Raheem Mostert, you know, obviously a little bit banged up as well, so just keep that in mind. More of a rest thing for him, but he did get banged up in last last week's game. Uh, no practice for Cole Komet. I, I wouldn't expect him to play this week with a knee injury that he suffered on Sunday. Um, also, the Cardinals have placed Marquise Brown on IR um, like five weeks too late, uh, but it, it, yeah. it, it happened. So Kyler Murray is going to be without Marquise Brown, and, you know, obviously Marquise Brown wasn't a whole, very productive, but like I think it makes a difference in terms of like how teams, you know, defend Fair. that offense. Yeah. So it could yeah. it's kind of I think this has a negative impact on Kyler Murray. We saw, you know, how he's played without him on the field. Uh even though this is a good matchup, I'm still tempering expectations for Kyler Murray just a little bit this week. Um, even though that, you know Philly isn't that great. Does that change anything for Trey McBride for you? Like I think he's still in line for a big game because he's probably gonna yeah, get the target. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. He's gonna yeah. get the target, man. You know, it's like a <laughs> Travis Kelsey situation. You know what I mean? Like he, right. he's gonna be inv- very, very involved. Um, let's see. Uh, keep an eye on Zay Flowers. You know, he missed two practices this week with a calf injury. Um, you know, so if he doesn't end up playing, I think I'm playing him if he goes. But if he doesn't go, OBJ and Isaiah likely would get a bump if Flowers is out. Um. Not the best matchup in the world for OBJ, but you know, I think he'll get the targets. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard didn't yeah. practice. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard didn't practice on Thursday after getting a limited in on Wednesday. Uh, so he got downgraded midweek. That's not great. He has a hamstring injury. Okay, so if he misses, it'll likely be the Miles Sanders show against the Jaguars. Keep in mind that this is a tough matchup for running backs. Um, so I yeah. wouldn't necessarily trust Sanders in my lineup. I don't really trust, you know the Panthers to move the ball, even though they were able to last week, but last week was against Joe Barry and that Green Bay defense. So I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into that. Yeah. So I I got a comment on that because the number of comments that we have on our Instagram page, you know, we go through the comment sections of any of our posts, the number of times people have justified starting Panthers or whoever's playing against the Packers because of Joe Barry. Like it's just (laughs) hilarious to me. Like I've seen that justification probably 15 times over the past two or three days and they're like that's like just the accepted justification like that's how it works you know it's a joe barry defense that's just how it's going to be i I just find it hilarious and now you're bringing that up too it's like i haven't watched a whole lot of packers defense but it sounds like it's pretty bad and it looks like it's bad based on the game the box scores that we've seen you know from the games that they've played 
and now they'll be without without Jairi Alexander uh, because of the fact that he he's up to serious shenanigans over there. Um, <laughs> Jamar Chase practiced on Thursday, so it's possible that he ends up playing this week. It's a tough matchup against Lejarius Sneed. Uh, he did talk a lot of shit recently, two days in a row, double down on the fact that like the Bengals ain't shit. Um, and I'm not not the Bengals. I'm sorry, the Chiefs. The, uh, yeah, the Chiefs uh, in terms of like defending wide receivers, which is absolutely hilarious. Get your popcorn ready. Um, we still don't know if Chase is going to play. Uh, the way that he said it, he's like, you ain't shit, but I still got to get my mind right and being ready to play this game. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think it, this is a tough matchup against Lejarius Sneed and that defense for Chase. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still starting him, obviously, um, uh, but I have him outside my top 12 this week because yep. of the fact that, you know, we've also seen the ball kind of spread around a little bit at times. Uh, I, I don't like T Higgins as much because Sneed, you know, that Chiefs defense has been, you know, shutting number one wide receivers down. Like, I'm, that's assuming that Chase doesn't play. If Chase is in, I like Higgins more than I would without without Chase playing because we know that their focus will be on Chase, right? Regardless, right. though, this is a tough overall matchup for these Chiefs wide receivers. So just keep that in mind going in. Bengals wide receivers, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think Bengals wide receivers. receivers. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm making no. them up. Sorry. Yeah, Division I, foes. I can't. It's a Friday. You know what I'm saying? Last podcast. <laughs> stuff. But <laughs> with Jamar Chase, I can't imagine him talking all that shit and then being a no-show. You know what I mean? Like, if he's going to talk, then he's going to have to walk. Right. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, there wouldn't be a way for him to justify. He can't turn around. He can't say that, turn around, and not show up. Because then you 100%. know he's going to catch He's going to you know catch some strays on that if he does I was that. thinking so, about I, moving him up my rankings because of all the talk, all, all the smack talk. Yeah, you should like we should move up the rankings, send him a screenshot, tag him and be like, yo, you better follow through here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let him see. Like, because like you said, uh, real football players really care about fantasy football. But uh, I just find that hilarious. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> what he's saying, like I said, he can't not play. So that's kind of where I'm riding. I don't think he's going to miss, but uh, I'm like 50 50. But if I had to pick, if I had to say if I'm expecting him to play or not, I'd say I'm. he's probably going to play. So if I have him, I'm expecting to start him, barring something unforeseen or uh, 90 minutes before the game type deactivation that we saw last week and last night with Amari Cooper, which was just ridiculous, by the way. We didn't even mention that. He just gets deactivated. I don't think it's ever happened. Like, I don't know. Maybe I might be wrong. And this is off off the top of my head. I don't think we've ever seen a wide receiver put up 50-some points like Amari Cooper did and then be inactive the next week. Like, do you think that's happened? (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) I just don't think it has. He he didn't practice all week, and then you know the usage that he got is just like he was overworked for no reason in that game. Um, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And like you know they have other receivers, like you know, like I I. I so get now it. we're you calling know, it overworked he, as fantasy people. He was overworked. Like, oh, we want the target share. He was overworked. Now we do. Oh, that's ideal we workload. Do. Fifteen, sixteen <laughs> targets. Oh, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'll take it, but like it's gonna take a toll on these receivers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, you know, it obviously took a toll on Joe Flacco because he's like sleeping on the bench in the second half. <laughs> he was tired. Uh, we, we need to get him on a west. We need to get him on a West Coast team, you know, so that yeah. he could he can go to sleep on time. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say, so just I'm gonna move on. Uh, Jaden Reed is getting limited practices in this week. It's very possible that Dontavian Wicks. Uh, is out with that ankle injury. He didn't practice uh, yet this week. I, I think it's just not only ankle, but it's a chest injury as well for Wicks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Christian Watson, luckily, 
Yeah, he had a couple different injuries. Christian Watson likely to be out again as well. So solid matchup against the Vikings. Um, we can see a lot of targets. He can see a lot of targets from Jordan Love this week, you know, for Jaden Reed. Um, I think we can say the same thing for Tucker Craft, who, by the way, you know, the guy who I thought was a better prospect than Luke Musgrave, he's coming on now. Um, but there yeah. is a chance that Musgrave is back this week. So keep an eye on that if you play, if you plan on Roland Craft out there. Okay. Um, Michael Pittman had a full practice on Thursday. That's good news. He's wait, working his way out of the concussion protocol. Hopefully, he hasn't been fully cleared yet. Um, hopefully, he can end up suiting up. Uh, Vegas has been playing very good defense lately, but Pittman should be in your lineup. Okay. Yeah. If if you're thinking about streaming Gardner Minshew or anything, um, you know there might be people out there like we saw last week. He needs Michael Pittman pretty much to be viable. Yeah. Because <laughs> the passing yep. game was just non-existent without Michael Pittman. So that's definitely something exactly. to keep an eye on if you're thinking about putting him in your lineup. Well, in my Superflex League for third place in our league, I, I have to play him over Nick Mullins. You know, I was just talking so much oh, shit. By the way, really Rich, over Nick who, Mullins, who I'm, going, who I'm going up against just now, right before the sh- right before the show. Um, yeah, because uh, you know, I'm like, dude, like, you know, we're, we're watching you, like, making all these moves, like, you know, all for third place. Like, come on, dude. And you know, so <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Anyway, um, I know he listens to the show. That's why I had to throw this in there. Uh, Brian yeah. Robinson, he's been limited in practice with that hamstring injury. Uh, he, he could make his return this week. Chris Rodriguez was put on IR. So Antonio Gibson could be the last running back standing here. I, I'd assume he'd have to get all the work. If Robinson were to be out this week, he's hard to trust, though, um, because we've seen Jonathan just running backs come in. Yeah, Jonathan Williams. <laughs> like, no, seriously, like Jonathan Williams, you know, he was a name. But yeah. he is going to be on the field. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be no reason for it. Can't wait for Ron well, Rivera to be out of there. It's going to be great. The matchup is 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 an ideal against the 49ers. You know, no. I do think that Gibson would be startable though. Like if you really really need somebody, uh, because mm-hmm. of the ability in in the receiving game. All right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's get to wide receivers. By the way, guys, you know our rankings are up at UpperHandFantasy.com. Positional rankings, uh, individual rankings, consensus rankings, all of that is there. This is going to be the last week. They'll be, we'll be doing rankings. That is, This is officially the last episode of the fantasy football season. Uh, we're not going anywhere, though. Okay? Um, we have a lot more football to go, so we'll be continuing to pay attention. We're going to be continuing to, you know, get together and record shows throughout the actual NFL playoffs to go over what happened, you know, more, more, more pure football stuff, but also how it can affect next year in redraft, but also, you know, like how it can affect dynasty. And we're making a shift now towards dynasty towards the rookies coming in. Um, and yep. I've already started that work. I've already started to look at running backs. That's who I'm starting with first. Then I'm going to go to wide receivers Then I'm going to go to quarterbacks and tight ends. But um, you know, we'll be, I'll be updating you guys with all of that throughout the process. Um, you know, I just got my media credentials for the senior bowl this year, I'm trying to get Zach out there. We'll see if that works out. Um, but I- I'll be there, you know, just like I've been there the last couple of years, our dynasty kit is coming out on March 1st. Our rookie draft kit is coming out on April 1st and our redraft kit season long is coming out on June 1st. So we have a lot happening this off season. Uh, we obviously have to cover free agent signings, you know, the fantasy impact of that, uh, there's a whole lot to go over, right? And this is kind of like draft season for me at this point where I'll be going over all these prospects, uh, giving you guys updates and all that. And it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to, forward to it. And we obviously got the NFL playoffs as well. So a whole lot to talk about. This is a pretty exciting yeah. part of the season. Even though fantasy season is coming to an end, hopefully you guys you know leave with championships. That's what, we, that's what we're hoping for. Um, but we, we have a lot more on the way. Oh, yeah. No, there, there, there is no rest for fantasy football. 
despite what no. you might think. There's not, there's <laughs> because not right now, it, it's just been the routine. Like I said, it's gonna be nice to get out of that routine just a little bit, and then we actually yeah. like put some put some non like ranking thought into into some content here. You know, you get some more interesting yeah. takes and that kind of thing. Because because like exactly. r- right now, it's pretty much just like. You look at what happened, you talk about what happened, and then you turn around and now you're watching something else. So you look at what happened, you talk about what happens. It's like all just recaps, yeah. overviews is what it means, you know? You can't really dive into it. So it should be fun. We, we have a ton of plan. I know it. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, let's get to wide receivers now. CD Lamb against Detroit. Detroit has been absolutely terrible against slot wide receivers. I'm expecting a big game. Okay, Justin Jefferson against Green Bay without Jerry Alexander suspended because of his shenanigans. Hopefully can take advantage because the Vikings have announced a change at quarterback. It's not going to be Mick yeah. Mullins. It's going to be Jaron Hall. Uh, not sure how much I love that. I don't love that. I prefer Mullins because we've seen how willing he's been to chuck it downfield and just say F it. You know, Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere. So yeah. not ideal, um, but hoping for the best. Uh, I'm not sure how much I like KJ Osborne now that we have the quarterback change for many of the same reasons. So I moved mm-hmm. him down to like a borderline wide receiver three. I did have him higher than that um, after they announced this change. Um, right. So not loving it, but obviously Justin Jefferson is still going to be in your lineup. Yeah. Je- Justin Jefferson is going to be in your lineup anyway, because TJ Hawkinson isn't going to be in. Jordan Addison is going to be out likely. I'm not sure. He might have been ruled out. I, I just know that he was questionable. So he might, if he does play, he might he's be not, he's not, full strength. He's not going to play. He, he has, right, he has so a high ankle sprain. He's like, I, I doubt he's going to be playing. Like, even if the Vikings make the playoffs, there's a chance he even misses the first round of the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So that tells you what you need to know. Like, at that point, like, that kind of offsets the QB change for me. Like, the concern for Justin Jefferson is now outweighed because before last week, you know, there were targets in this offense that were going to compete for touches. You know, you look at TJ Hawkinson, you look at Jordan Addison, but now they're both out. You're switching quarterback, sure. But now Justin Jefferson's really the only guy you want to throw to. We saw KJ Osborne come through last week. You know, because he had Nick Mullins thrown to him. But now I think if you're going to have Jaron Hall, we haven't seen a whole lot of Jaron Hall. So we can't, I don't want to just write him off, but we knew what Nick Mullins was. Like you mentioned, he pushes the ball downfield. He gave Justin Jefferson that upside. If it was Nick Mullins, like where would Justin Jefferson be for your rankings? Would he be second? Would he be second or third? Would he be challenging? I, 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 had, him, I had him at two. Um, yeah. I, I, but I moved him down to. That's where I probably would have had him. I think I had him given at, that Tyreek Hill's playing against the then, Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I had him at two, and now I have him at five. Yeah. So he's just like a solid wide receiver one right now. But I don't think yep. he's, I still don't think you have anything to worry about. I think he's going to be able to get no. it done for you just because, like we've said, he's the only guy in this offense that's really going to be you know worth throwing ten targets to. I think as long as Jaron Hall does that, we'll be fine. And I think he can do that. I talked about how much I love Debo this week. He's actually in my top five. I'm looking at it now. Uh, <laughs> Mike Evans against New Orleans this time without Marshawn Lattimore. His arch nemesis, okay, uh, three touchdowns yeah. over the last two weeks for Mike Evans. Baker playing well, obviously keep starting him. I have Chris Olave, Nico Collins, and Michael Pittman to round up my top 10. Olave has a great matchup against Tampa. They've allowed the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks and the fourth most over the last four weeks. I talked about this early on uh, you know, in the week, but Nico Collins has to be in your lineup against a Tennessee defense, giving up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the course of the season, but also over the course of the last eight weeks, the third most over the last four weeks. Um, I also think Noah Brown is very startable as well. You know, he also he has been primarily a perimeter wide receiver now that Tank Dell is out. Whenever one of these guys has been out, he's been moved from the slot to the perimeter, and now he's officially a perimeter wide receiver. Uh, so I have him as a solid wide receiver, the wide receiver three this week as well. 
Yeah, and you can't not like any of these guys. It's going to be a completely different story than what we saw last time the the uh, Texans played the Titans because it was Case Keenum at quarterback. You know, Noah Brown was there. Nico Collins wasn't there. The, the nightmare's over. You know, now C.J. Stroud's going to be back. Nico Collins is going to be in. Noah Brown's going to be in. I, I think that you can expect wide receiver one upside that we've seen him hit, you know, earlier in the year. You know, when Tank Dell went down in week 12, Collins rattled off wide receiver eight and wide receiver four finishes in the two weeks before Stroud was forced to miss time. He had nine and 12 targets in those games. He has a good matchup again this week, like you said. And if Noah Brown can carve up the Titans defense like he did two weeks ago with Case Keenum at quarterback, then like Collins is going to have a field day with C.J. Stroud you know, back under center. He absolutely qualifies as a wide receiver one play in the championship round. He's, he has to be in your lineup. Rashi Rice rounds up my top 12. Uh, great matchup against Cincinnati. Fourth most fantasy points given up over the last eight weeks and the second most over the last four weeks. He had 12 targets last week and is averaging 10 targets over the last five games. He hasn't had less than nine targets in any game over that span. So he has to be in your lineup. Don't overthink it because of because of his, you know, I guess you could say down week last week. It was a down week in terms of box score production, what you see, you know, the tangible production. But in terms of the utilization, like he's still right on track with what he's been doing these past four weeks. That's has you so giddy over him. And you know, me, I, I, I'm buying into him. I, I know the whole meme for me has been like, you know, being a little stubborn with Rashi Rice, but he's definitely, you know, at that point now where he's getting that utilization every single week and you can't keep him out of your top 10 or 12 every single week. I have no idea who to rank between rank higher between Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. You know, it's just like start both, right? Like I have Puka over like one spot over Cup right now, but like yeah. it's really hard to say who's going to have a bigger game. Cup had two big games before last week, and obviously Puka had the huge week this past week, right? So just yeah. start both. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we need to default and just make it Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> that's the new answer <laughs> instead of having either of them you just put Demarcus Robinson up there because he's still getting it done too and it's funny because like he's getting it done with like a little bit of consistency that you wouldn't expect like mm-hmm. he is kind of in this little carousel of who's going to be getting you know mo- more of the more points this week there's always an odd man out it just happened to be Cooper Cup last week but we've seen it be Puka Nakua it's Demarcus Robinson's part of that rotation makes it very odd but I think this is a good matchup you're definitely starting both Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and if you if they have a bad game, you know you assume that risk just by putting him in your lineup because the upside is astronomical. I think this week with the matchup, Colts the Colts run some of the most single high coverage in the NFL, the eighth highest in the league, uh, and Devonta Adams does a lot better against single high than he does against two high. Two point six three yards per route run uh, versus one point six seven yards per route run. So that's a big difference right there. So even though the Colts are giving up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks. I think Devontae should still be in your lineup. Uh, you know, rough, rough week last week, but again, Lejarius need. Okay. It's, it's yeah. just, it is what it is, right? Move on. He had a, he had a hundred yard game before that. So, you know, just, just, just keep Devontae in your lineup as you, as you normally would. So we're just, I'm just going to pencil in that Jamar Chase, if he plays, isn't going to have a good game. You, you think um, he's a need? No, but no, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, one of the reasons why I have Jamar Chase all the way down at 19 this week. Right. But yeah, I might have to move him up to 17 because of how much smack he's talking. <laughs> right. He got to back it up. So, two days. Two days of smack talk. He talked smack on on Wednesday. Okay. And then the reporters asked him about it again on Thursday, and he doubled down. He doubled down, Zach. Yeah. You know what will be messed up if he <laughs> doesn't end down. up playing. If he doesn't end up. If he doesn't end up suiting up. And he talked all that smack. So I said, then, then T. Moved. Higgins is gonna T. Higgins is gonna <laughs> get the brunt of it. 
You know, he's like, yeah. dude, what the hell, man? Yeah, he's like, I kept my mouth shut this entire time. And now you're going to do me like that? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> that that would just be hilarious, though. Like, I, I don't want to see it happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But if Jamar Chase just bails out on this game, <laughs> you're talking all this shit, it would be hilarious. Um, let's see. Uh, so I, I like DK Metcalf this week, even though he might be shadowed by Joey Porter uh, Jr. The only the thing that that DK excels at is, uh, you know, against single high coverage this year, two point seven five yards per route run compared to one point seven five five yards per route run against two high safety coverage. The Steelers run the fifth highest rate of single high in the NFL. Uh, I, I know the Steelers don't allow a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, but you know we saw T Higgins escape for a big play last week, right? And that was not against Joey Porter because he was moved into the slot for that big play, which was smart. So you're hoping for something similar with DK Metcalf. I have met 16 this week. Um, you know, DK Metcalf and T Higgins run very, very similar uh, rates out of the slot, which isn't very high, but for that one play, that's all that matters. Right. So DK Metcalf yeah. is capable of doing something very similar. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's funny because I also have him exactly at wide receiver 16. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. behind Cooper Cup, just above Devontae Smith. But DK Metcalf, the thing about me is, even if he's shadowed, I think he's one of those guys that you can get away with playing him if he's facing a shadow situation a whole game. Like, I think he can be all right. Like, yeah, you say, he's good. He, he's good uh, in certain situations. But you also look at he's just a specimen, dude. <laughs> exactly. And, and Joey he, Porter, Joey Jr., Porter, like, he, yeah. he, he's playing very well. But like, yeah, you know, he, he's not a shutdown corner. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So, yeah, the, and, the shadow situation, it's one thing to monitor, but what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say the over-under on the pass interferences, though. Like, I would probably put it on, like, like <laughs> maybe, like, one and a half, right? Like, I think there's going to be – I'll take the over. I think there's going to be two pass, interferences, pass interference calls on Joey Porter in this game against DK. Mm-hmm. I think Joey Porter is leading the league in pass interference calls. And, you know, it's one of those things where, D, like you mentioned, DK is such a specimen that he's just hard to cover, right? Especially on those jump balls and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and, and down the field. So, like, I feel like Porter's going to have his hands full in this game. He will. Like, right? that's yeah. another crappy thing. Like, I hate defensive pass interferences, especially when the receiver should have caught the ball. Like, I we know, should man. award points, you know, for drawing I pass agree. interference penalties at that point. Because, like, you get screwed. Like, okay, you move the ball 50 yards downfield on a deep pass, but maybe you get nothing for it. I wonder if Sleeper has that feature. Because if they do, I think that's a solid custom rule to add to our our league. Right? But yeah. maybe not the full it yardage. It doesn't have to be the full yardage. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like, like half of points. it or something. Yeah. Or two points, three points, just something like that. Half of I mean, maybe half of the half of the yardage, right? Like yeah, let's say it would it's have a to be 50, the yardage, 50 yard right. bomb downfield. Like g- give me two and a half points for that. Yeah, you know what I'm standard saying? scoring. Obviously, no reception, so like it if doesn't count. If it would have been a touchdown, you know, see, that's where it gets difficult, right? Because it's like it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to do Still that. Still half like, If it would have been half points, g- g- give me three points because it would have been a touchdown. You know? Yeah, I, I feel like that's what it would have to be. But like, that's a good feature. Maybe we should put like, where do we suggest that if they don't have it? Because that might be like a million dollars. Oh, idea. you can, you know what I'm saying? You can just tweet. You can, you can just tweet at them. Let's just tweet at them. Yeah, let's Aladdin. do that from from yeah. the official upper hand fantasy account. Yeah, then they, then they'll read it. If if it's just Zach, they'll be like, oh, who's this guy? He's complaining. He wants fantasy points. He got, he got screwed last week because of a defensive pass interference call. Nah. <laughs> well, they don't know who we are either, Zach, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like Devontae Smith in this game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals run single high at the second highest rate in the NFL, and Devontae Smith thrives in single high. And, you know, if you think about it, the safety has to pick his poison, 
right? And his coverage is going to favor A.J. Brown. Yeah. But you have to account for Devontae Smith, who's a damn good wide receiver, and it doesn't always work out. Devontae Smith produces 2.46 yards per route run against single high coverage compared to 1.44 yards per route run against two high. So, and it's been the opposite for AJ Brown. Only 1.84 yards per route run against single high and 3.84 yards per route run against two high. So this could be that's another huge. one of those games where Devontae outperforms AJ Brown. Not saying that's going to happen because AJ Brown's a beast, but looking at the numbers, we could see it play out that way. And Devontae Smith has been outperforming outperforming AJ Brown since the bye. <laughs> you know, he's averaging 17 points a game versus AJ Brown's 13 points a game. And it's like weird because nothing has really changed about AJ Brown's usage. You know, weeks one to nine, he had 33% target share, 48% air yard share. And then post buy, he's 32% target share, 42% air yard share. So the air yard share has come down a little bit. But the thing that's changed has been Devontae Smith. He's come on since the bye. Before the buy, he was, had a 21% target share. After the buy, he has 28% target share. So clearly, I th- this isn't just like Devontae Smith suddenly appearing. I think they're making a concerted effort to try to get him more involved. You know, the uptick to 28% target share is big, especially when it's taking some of that opportunity downfield from A.J. Brown. Like at this point, I think that you can rank them a lot closer than they were at the beginning of the season. A, a, a lot closer than we had them at the beginning of the season, especially like I think this situation that we're looking at right now with Devonte Smith getting the target share and AJ Brown also getting the target share. They're both being a little bit closer to each other, 33, 32 and 28%. It's mirroring a lot closer to what we saw last season and AJ Brown, you know, kind of kept his ceiling down and we saw it. So this isn't like new, but with Devonte Smith, you know, now it's happening. I think that's a good call. He could definitely outperform AJ Brown, not to mention the Eagles offense. They, they're, not 100% well-oiled, but this could be a spot for them to get back to their winning ways. You know, it's a good matchup regardless for the championship. Let's talk about Stefan Diggs. You know, he he's finished outside the top 36 in five of his last six games. You know, what is happening here, man? You know, he, here's the thing. Know. Like, during that span, he's averaged 30% target share, which is elite. Right. Right? Yeah. But the Bills are throwing the ball less. They're, if they go up, they're not throwing the ball as much. James Cook is coming on now. Um, you know, it, it's very possible that we see a blow-up game here for Stefan Diggs because he's kind of due, especially because he's been getting the target share. Um, and it could be this week. You know, I do have him down at 18 because of what he's done lately or what he hasn't done lately, I should say. The Patriots have gotten a little bit better on the perimeter as of late. Um, but, you know, this isn't necessarily a shutdown defense by any means. But at the same time, you look at it, it's like, who are the Patriots going to be taking away here if, if they're going to choose one, right? Yeah. And it's probably going to be Diggs. You're, you're playing against Bill Belichick, who's Mr. Take away your top weapon. <laughs> so yeah. are, they suddenly, are they suddenly going to turn around and say, all right, we're going to take away Gabe Davis? <laughs> like, no, that's <laughs> not going to be the case. It, it's going to be Stefan Diggs. And it sucks because like I've up to this week, I moved him down. I have him at 18, oddly enough. Also, I guess technically I had him at 19. I had Amari Cooper over him before he was ruled out. So he's technically moved into that 18 spot but the weird thing is like i've been hesitant to move him down this whole time because you know we follow the utilization and he's been getting the targets every single week it's just not necessarily it's not coming through you know in terms of production so you talk about being due you talk about touchdown regression he had a bunch of touchdowns earlier in the season but over the past six games he only has one and that was against the eagles who allow fancy points to everybody it doesn't matter who you are so yeah it's a really weird situation i i don't think i'm benching him like there's a legit argument to be made. Like, okay, if you have other guys, like maybe you would consider it. If you're looking at 
let's say you're between Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams. Like, are you going to consider Devontae Adams? Like, I think, I think yeah. you definitely are. And are, are you going to consider if you're between Stefan Diggs and a guy like, I don't know, Terry McLaurin this week? I don't know. I think you're probably mm-hmm. putting Stefan Diggs in. It's a little close. Yeah. But the point is, like, those thoughts are occurring now where you wouldn't have had those thoughts in a while. I think I'm just going to lean back on Stefan Diggs and say, all right, he's due for a game. The matchup isn't that bad. I think at this point, you know, you obviously have to temper expectations. But as soon as he comes back, as soon as he has that big game, we're going to be like, okay, back to the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> like we're going to start putting him back right. in the top 10. It's going to be that easy. So it's one of those situations where it's just the production isn't matching utilization. We're not used to this happening this often, this long, this in this long of a streak for a guy like Stefan Diggs. I don't think it's an indictment on Stefan Diggs. I, I think it's just the way that the game scripts have been weird these past couple of weeks. I think you look at Stefan Diggs, I'm comfortable putting him in my lineup. I'm not going to bench him. It's interesting though, right? It's a conversation to be had because he is 30 years old now, right? Like now, yeah. what happened? Like, Are we going to see the drop off? And I think it's a real conversation to have because once you hit that 30 year old mark, you know, things drop down. It's just so cliche fast. for that to happen as soon as he turns 30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is of the course. drop off for wide receivers. Now, for slot wide receivers, the drop off is around like 32 years old. But Mr. Adam for Bill, case in point, yep. yep for but for you know perimeter wide receivers that's where it is and and you know it's it sucks to see it really does um i, I don't want to i don't want to he had so much of his time wasted in minnesota you know and i feel yeah. like we could have had like three seasons of him being elite it's kind of like the brandon Ayuk thing once he finally yeah. gets uh you know, away from kyle shanahan and Debo samuel and george kittle and christian mccaffrey you know we could see a 160 target game uh, 100, 160, 160 target, target game mm. I will pick <laughs> you up on that bet. If you, I'll take the under. <laughs> I think he might miss the next game after that one. Yeah. I, I don't want to chisel um, Stefan Diggs' gravestone just yet. You know, I'm not to that point because earlier in the season, he was exactly what we wanted him to be. You know, he was an every week top seven guy. You know, he, he had the upside. It's just over this past couple of weeks, he, I just don't think that wall, it looks like he hit that wall, but I don't think that's going to be the case. He has two more games to prove us wrong. But like, if he continues on this cold streak, like, what are we going to be talking about, Stefan Diggs? Like, going into next season, like, he's he's going to be gonna a, go? he's going to end up being like a third round pick, most likely. Something like he's that. He's not going to be in I the think, first round. He's not going to be the second round. Probably going to be a third round pick. That's my guess. I like. I don't know how we. I, I can't think of like a situation that's like comparable. But like, were we looking at Devontae Adams that same way when he went to the Raiders? Like, he was getting older. You know, he's finally away from Aaron Rodgers. I know. Well, no, because we just we haven't seen the downfall. You know, like once you see the downfall and the evidence of it, then you you kind of have that have those conversations. But Devonta Adams was just going strong. You know what I mean? And we haven't. So he's defying that rule. Devonta Adams. I'm interested. What I'm going to be looking at, I'm 100 sure that Matt Harmon is going to be putting out a reception perception on Stephon Diggs, who has been a reception perception standout, like elite top one percent in reception perception. So will we see the drop off? That's going to be one of the main resources that I'll be focusing on. Um, this offseason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are we feeling about Calvin Ridley, man? Um, against Carolina, obviously, you know, target share has been there, you know, without Trevor Lawrence this week, potentially going up against Carolina, tough matchup. It, 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 I'm sure he makes you nervous this week, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. 100% nervous. I have him as a high wide receiver three, low wide receiver two. So a fringe wide receiver two right there on that border. And the thing for me, and I, I talked about this, I think on Wednesday? I'm not sure when we did the episode, but yeah, the Panthers have been very good 
about shutting down quarterbacks and receivers. They don't allow a whole lot of production, even though they're getting torched. You know, they got torched by Jordan Love of all teams, you know, of course. But before that, quarterbacks hadn't had a lot, whole lot of production against them. And then if a quarterback isn't producing well, then the wide receivers aren't doing a whole lot. They were able to hold CD Lamb to like 40 yards. It's just a touchdown. I'm definitely tempering expectations, especially since uh, Calvin Ridley in your lineup, he's been pretty much a coin flip. Now, CJ Beathard did come in and target him a little bit, you know, towards the end of the game last week after Trevor Lawrence went out. So maybe he offers a little bit more stability in terms of target share. But Evan Ingram's also part of that offense. He's getting a bunch of targets. You know, I think he has the highest, second highest target share over the past four weeks. So it's something to pay attention to. But with Calvin Ridley, he's, I'm pretty much treating him the way I've been treating him this whole season. Like I'm going to put him in my lineup, I think, as a flex, ideally. As a wide receiver three, I think you can get away with it. But it's definitely, it's just a coin flip at this point. So for me, the upside isn't apparent like it was last week. You know, the matchup wasn't bad against the Buccaneers. The matchup isn't apparent this week against the Panthers. But I think for the way that the things are shaking out with these receivers being hurt and all that, I think you might have to put him in your lineup. And I'm okay with it because, like I said, change your quarterback. He might lean on his top receiver more so than the tight end. There's a solid floor to be chased here, but I'm definitely tempering expectations. I hear that, man. It's tough. I have him as a wide receiver three this week. More of a high-end wide receiver three, but it's not looking good. Yeah, Who would you I have him, at, him, or no, him or Noah Brown? I think I'm going Calvin Ridley. and it's Him or Clark. Calvin Ridley or um, uh, who was the guy I was going to say? Um, Calvin Ridley or Terry McLaurin. I, th- I think I'm going Terry McLaurin there. And it's very close. I, I actually have him back to back in my rankings. So Terry McLaurin is yeah. my 24, not 25. But um, yeah, I have Calvin Ridley. Let's just put that to bed. I have Calvin Ridley as wide receiver three. Well, technically, because 25 is outside the top 24. Yep. <laughs> that that's that's what it's, I'm looking at for him this week. It's it's tough. All right. Let's hit on some are there any other fringe wide receivers that we want to talk about that you had on deck that you wanted to mention quickly before we move on to tight ends? Uh, it was pretty much the top guys, the best matchups that I saw. I- I'm looking around here. There, Demarcus Robinson, you know, how, yeah, you know, like it's him. a good matchup, right? Like we talked about him a little bit. You could throw him in your lineup, I think, right? As like a wide receiver three flex play. He's just been getting it done, right? Um, right. Let's see. Uh, how comfortable, let's see, how comfortable are you playing Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Like he, he's probably looking at he, more of a flex play. Yeah, against Pittsburgh, he's, he's, Pittsburgh is pretty bad against slot wide receivers. I I think he could potentially come through. Let's see, Pittsburgh's allowing the fourth hot, fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So yeah, could potentially put up some numbers. I could see it. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance there. Another guy that I'm looking at, I'm just looking at now, and I'm realizing mm-hmm. we got a matchup with the Saints against the Buccaneers this week. Rashid Shaheed had nine targets yeah. last week, and he had that touchdown. And Derek Carr's on a heater. He's thrown eight touchdowns over the past three games. So he's but looked as thing, good though. as he has all season. Shahid has got it done last week. So that probably means is that it, he's yeah, he's not going to so get it done this week, right? He, I guess, well, let's look at the performances <laughs> here. In, in games where he finished as a wide receiver one, let's look at what his next game is. A little case study here. It doesn't take long because he only had like three games. Week one, he had 19 <laughs> points. The next week, he had 10. Not bad. But then week six, he had 18. The next week, he had seven. Only four catches in that one. In week eight, he was a wide receiver, eight, 24 points. Next week, three catches, 22 yards, five points. And then just this past week, now we saw him have that 18-point game, the touchdown. Hopefully, that trend doesn't continue. But you have to look at the matchup and be like, okay, maybe there's something here. Because Derek Carr, like there is something here. 
like I said, like I mentioned, Derek Carr has looked as good as a quarter as looked like as good a quarterback as he has all season. And this is probably his best stretch of games that he's on. So if he can keep that going this week, you know, and they're still playing for that playoff spot against Tampa Bay, who's allowed a lot of points. I think you can maybe get away with Rashid Shahid in your flex spot this week because he has this is, this is Derek Carr, right? He's well. like Derek Carr is like that train that is like slowly moving up like the mountain. And then like, yeah, all of a sudden, like it is like the Wally Coyote cartoons where like there's like a break in there there's like a break in there and like the train just falls through the crevice that's kind of how yeah. i view Derek Carr. like w- w- as soon as he's doing good it all fall it call it all comes crashing down in the best spots <laughs> and yeah and i'm just like i just get worried about it no it's it's like, is how long the because like the bucks are yeah. allowing the highest rate of 20 yard receiving plays to wide receivers uh in the nfl they're they're they're, they're dead last Meaning they're that this is good for Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave, obviously, as well. They're also bottom 10 in uh, the rate that they're giving up 40 plus yard receiving plays, which is right up Rashid Shahid's wheelhouse. So, yeah, right up call. his wheelhouse and right down his alley. Yeah. That's if you way. went up against Brees Hall last night, right? If you went up against, uh, you know, Jerome Ford last night uh, <laughs> out of nowhere. You know, and, you know, you, you feel like you need a little bit of upside. I think I think I could get behind throwing Rashid Shahid in your lineup. Um, you know, a couple other oh. guys, Demario Douglas, I think, you know, is a solid play because the Bills are allowing. Uh, let's see. The Bills are allowing the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. So there is some. Um, potential there, especially in full PPR. Not really interested in half point PPR to start Demario or standard leagues. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. That's really you all know, I want to cover. Yeah, I'm moving right. Rashid Shahid up my rankings as we speak because I thought I was it's high cool. enough on him. I had him, I had him then, pretty low. Yeah, and, and now I'm looking at him like, okay, maybe I'm not high enough on him. But now that we've done this whole spiel and we're telling everybody that we're moving up the rankings, he, he's probably going to shit the bed. Like, we're going shit. completely against the trend that we've seen. But yeah, that, that one's funny. Like if you had to pick between, okay, here's a good one. And this one's really interesting. If you had to pick between Rashid Shahid and Drake London, who are you starting? Like that's gotta be right there. I, yeah, I'm going to play Rashid Shahid. <laughs> I think I would play Shahid. Because right now, Drake London the has last zero time, upside. The last time I answered this particular question, um, I answered Rashid Shahid, and it was the week that Drake London almost had 200 yards. So, oh yeah, of course. Okay, That's so maybe I shouldn't have asked that because now I've brought bad juju onto this ranking episode. And, and this no, weekend. but here, but oh. listen, but here's the thing. Here's where it comes full circle. Okay, who did <laughs> okay. he have that game against? Drake London. Yeah, that was a that was a Buccaneer. Tampa Bay. Yeah, Uh-oh. you see, here Uh-oh. we go. This Here is a fantasy go. points factory. Oh, now yeah, we're talking. Now we're talking. All right, let's move it's, on to tight ends. All go. the dots are connected. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got some more. We got some more dots, by the way. Okay, we got. Some, we got. We're going to be connecting some serious dots in here in a second. Okay, so <laughs> we talked about Trey McBride. You know, keep trusting him. I'm hoping this is a bounce back week for him and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey in a great matchup against Cincinnati, but Sam Laporta against Dallas. Okay, the Cowboys are allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points to tight ends this year. But here's the thing. Dallas runs single high coverage at the second highest rate in the NFL. And Laporta is only behind George Kittle in yards per route run against single high. And guess who had three touchdowns against Dallas this year? George Kittle. Uh Guess who had three touchdowns the last time he played a team who primarily plays, who primarily has primarily 
runs single high coverage, Sam Laporta. Yeah, against the Bron- against the Broncos a few weeks ago. Uh oh. So that's we trust in you, Sam. Okay, let's get it done this week, N- and let's bring home you, our championship. You got the cowboy fan of me stressing out now because like that makes total <laughs> sense. <laughs> we don't get beat by tight ends very much, but it's only when it's like George Kittle or guys like Sam Laporta. Oh, and get this, they're both Iowa tight ends. Oh my God, what are we doing? Oh no. <laughs> it's making too much sense. Yeah, no, definitely you want to start Sam Laporta. The thing about the Cowboys' defense is earlier in the season, they were locked down. They weren't allowing a lot of fantasy points at all. But you look at over the past few weeks, it just the scoring has gone a little out of control compared to what we've seen from Dallas earlier in the season. So they can definitely be had um, in the passing game. I'm starting Sam Laporta like normal. And with, with tight ends generally, for me, it doesn't really matter so much the matchup as it is utilization at this point. You know, because it's like yeah. the matchup's going to be the matchup. That's how it works. Is if your guy's going to get eight or nine targets, like you need that in your lineup, even if they're only catching three or four of them. Like as long as they're getting you the utilization, it's just pretty much what you're going to hang your hat on every time you talk about tight ends. But Sam Laporta, he has a utilization 100. And what you just brought up, and I, I didn't see that. I didn't do any research on that, but that just swings my uh, ranking just of him at third overall, just a little bit stronger. So it's cool. Um, yeah, man. And, and, and I talked about how much I like Dalton Schultz this week on the last show. Uh, that clip is on Instagram right now as of this morning at Abraham Fantasy. Uh, I had Njoku at four behind Laporta. I have Kittle at five against Washington. Evan Ingram after that. But just keep in mind, this is a little bit of a different quarterback situation. But I think he gets the targets regardless because of the fact that they're down a couple of receivers. I have Jake Ferguson at eight after Schultz. Isaiah Likely after that, followed by Darren Waller, then Dallas Goddard. Um, you might be wondering why I have Dalton Kincaid so low in my rankings, and it's because our fear has come true, and that Dawson Knox has messed things up for Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid just can't be trusted right now. Only 52% rap participation this past week, 68% the week before. Uh, you know, Dawson Knox himself is running a route on almost 50% of Josh Allen's dropbacks. Okay, so he just Not can't good. be trusted at this point. No, that just pissed me off. <laughs> like, really, man? He was it, playing real, so was like, good. What are they doing? I know. Yeah. Why, why do you have why that talent remove why remove that production? It makes no sense. No it's sense. That's like, why I hate this Buffalo offensive staff, dude. I, I hate it. <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I think yeah, that's hilarious. Like it's, it just sounds like when you were talking, it's like you would have put F in, you would have said F in the sound cutout for me. It's yeah, like, it's, I was like, like I was bleep. To. I was going that's freaking hilarious. I was going but to. um <laughs> it's just annoying because it's like with Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, it's like you have Dawson Knox. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, sure. But if he gets hurt. It's like you have a new car part that you put in your car and then it's in your car. Your car runs a lot smoother than it did with the other car part. But you're like, oh, wait, we got the other one fixed. Let's go back to it. Like, no, like just let your car run. No. Like, exactly. like, why would you? It makes no sense. It's ticking me off. It was so smooth. What, what is Dawson Knox's contract situation? Is he gone after this season? Like, can we just get him out no. of here? Like, he's not. Oh, my God. He's not. Like, Kincaid. He's not. Why did you draft? A, why did you draft a first round tight end? To have him play fifty percent of snaps, it makes no sense. When he's, he's your second he's best receiver well. on the team, you know, like I, I put him over Gabe Davis. They're out for, yeah, of course, uh, they're out um, after twenty twenty four season. They have an out. I mean, they just remember they they gave him a massive contract in September of twenty twenty three, like before the season yeah. started, right? So, you yes. know, they got to deal with that, and 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 they even after next year, they're gonna have to figure something out, rework something, because even if they do end up cutting him. They're going to still have a bunch of dead cap, regardless. Um, I'm looking at it right now. They're going to still have a dead cap of eight million dollars, <laughs> even if they cut them after next year. Uh, but that's the lowest it's going to uh, be. 
Um, yeah. So it's not great. We have to lower Dalton Kincaid's dynasty stock for this year <laughs> at this point. That's what it's looking <laughs> oh, like. No, man. It's brutal. Um, yeah, as, especially if this coaching staff stays here, right? That's really yeah. what it comes down to, too. It looks um, like it's trending that way. If they get into the playoffs and they make some noise, then I don't think they're moving off anybody. Again, guys, our rankings are up at upperhandfantasy.com. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for riding with us. We hope we helped you this entire season. Um, but again, you know, this isn't really goodbye because we're going to be continuing to have these shows uh, continuously, continuously throughout the offseason, including next week. Okay, so we'll be back. Don't worry. All right? We'll be back. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck this weekend. Bring home those championships. And when you do, hit my line. Hit my line. I'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy. Good luck. See you later. Bye-bye.